If you've ever lost someone you love, you know how hard it can feel to move on and continue on with your own life. This is Checkup Chat with Evergreen Health. I'm Melanie Cole, and today we're talking about finding peace with the loss of a loved one. My guests in this panel discussion are Pat LeBaron, she's a hospice chaplain, and Guy Freeman is a hospice social worker, and they're both with Evergreen Health. Pat, I'd like to start with you. People deal with grief differently. Is there a right way, a wrong way? What would you like to tell us about the ways that we deal with grief? I think people are under the impression that there is a correct and incorrect way to grieve. And, you know, grief is as individual as we are. Everyone grieves differently. Everyone has different coping skills. Grief is hard enough without you feeling like you have to measure up in some way. And it it will take as long as it takes. And everybody's, everybody's different in how they go through it. Yeah, Melanie, I'd like to add to that, that I like to remind folks, friends, that grieving is a normal and natural reaction to a loss that we have in our lives. And too often when we experience grief, it can get pathologized by ourselves, uh, thinking like, what's wrong with me? Why is this taking so long? Why is it getting worse, not better? And again, I I, I like what Pat said, that, um, you know, it's a, it's very individual. It's very much about embracing, as hard as that may sound, embracing one's grief and allowing time to move through it. Thank you for that answer, both of you. Now, Guy, you're a hospice social worker, so you're working with end-of-life care. Can you prepare for the loss of a loved one? And if so, how do you go about doing that? It's both a yes and a no. Yes, there are things that you can do prepare. Um, I always encourage families uh, or caregivers to identify and lean into their sources of support. And if they have gotten socially isolated over the years by caring for a loved one, now would be a good time to redevelop and as best you can to reconnect with some of those social supports, whether it's uh, church, friends, a faith community, so that you're not completely alone uh, when you uh, do experience the actual loss. Other ways to prepare is like listening to this type of podcast, um, quite honestly, and getting familiar with the grieving process. Uh, as Pat alluded, there's a lot of misconceptions about what grief is and isn't and what's uh, normal or what's a dysfunctional kind of grief or complicated grief. As best you can, educate yourself about what, what is this going to be like. And so when it happens, you're not kind of fighting yourself about what is perhaps very healthy grieving reaction, where it's something you can't really prepare for. We've had patients uh, or family members that have had a patient that's been on, you know, on a long, slow decline for years, and uh, it's sometimes described as the long goodbye. And Family members will say, well, I I know I'm going to be ready when they pass away. And sometimes they are, um, but sometimes um, I'll hear back from them and they say, I had no idea. I thought I would be ready for this, but um, even though I knew it was coming, it's still different now that they're gone. So again, just allowing yourself the graciousness of each experience being different. I think people may not realize the finality of death when it finally happens. And it's true. We, we do have uh, patients who have um, long-term illnesses and, and the spouse or the kids or the family 
in a way, they were already grieving. We call that anticipatory grief. But when they actually die, it's so final that sometimes they are a little unprepared for the shock of that, even if the person had been not verbal, nonverbal. Um, they still could go sit with them, hold their hand, talk to them. You know, they were still there. But when they, when they die um, and they are truly gone, there is kind of a shock that can, can happen with that, even though they've been expecting it for a long time. Sometimes we encourage families we're working with, they may not know what to say to their loved one who is approaching the end of life. And so um, sometimes we help them by suggesting that they say what they need to say while that person is still with them. And that can include, I love you, uh, thank you, forgive me, I forgive you. And sometimes they've already said those things or they've said them in their own way. Sometimes with family tensions, it's hard to say those things. They're not, they're not maybe used to it. Those are sort of four core things that um, I find is, as, a, as a chaplain, I'm sure Guy does too, people, people can struggle with those things sometimes. And, you know, it, it's a relief to have said those, those things to people that mean so much to us in our, in our lives. So I think sort of the golden rule is try to say what you need to say. And that's for your benefit as well as the person who is dying. Thank you both for that answer. And along those lines, Guy, I was going to ask you when we're doing what Pat has suggested and we're speaking with our loved ones near the end. Do you advise families to say goodbye? When my mother passed, we had a long line of people that had loved this amazing woman for years and we all said our goodbyes. Do you recommend that? Or Because some people don't like that idea. They think it makes the person who is dying more afraid or more fearful of this. What do you think of that? Speaking to the genuineness of the situation, depending on uh, individual's faith traditions, they may not say goodbye. They may say, I will see you on the other side or I will see you soon. And so I don't know if that's giving comfort to their loved one or to themselves or both. But um, I think it is important to say goodbye, knowing that, you know, it speaks to the, the finality of death. Pat, we've all heard about the stages of grief. What are those stages? Is there a duration for each? Is this an actual thing? We've all inherited the Elizabeth Kubler-Ross five-stage thing, which is denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. I would say modern grief support and therapy has more to do with acknowledging that it's not linear stages that you're going through. Often you're hitting all those things at the same time or maybe one at a time. One is the, the more dominant emotion that you're sort of feeling. Grief is messy. <laughs> I think that surprises people. I think they, they want it to be linear because it hurts. It's so painful. We want to have a formula to get through it. Um, I, I lead a lot of support grief support groups, and the number one question that probably gets asked is, when is this going to stop hurting so badly? You know, when am I going to get through this, whatever 
point they feel like they're they are and you have to just say it will take as long as it takes and it's a process it's a healing just like if you had a physical injury it would take a while if you had a broken leg it would it would take a while for that leg to heal and you'd have to wear a cast and there'd be you know painful parts to the healing with our emotional health it's the same thing when we suffer a loss of a loved one it takes time to heal and so i think some people because they've we've all kind of you know culturally we've absorbed this stage stages of grief knowledge we think that you know there's something wrong if oh well i already passed that stage of anger and now months later i'm angry all over again and they may feel as if they've slid all the way back to the beginning and what i often say to my folks that come to the groups is no it's a sign of healing even if you feel like you're revisiting something that you did you know before there are triggers that trigger us sometimes anniversaries do that or special days and then we feel like we're feeling a lot of that raw pain of early grief but it's just it's a normal part of the process i have a favorite flyer that I hand out and on the left hand side of the page it lists a lot of these linear you know phases stages of grief and then on the other side it it lists them but it's covered with a scribble it looks like a spider's web of scribbles pointing to the fact that you may feel this on one day this on another and then every 5 minutes maybe you feel like you're going through different aspects of this journey with grief and it's crazy making because you want it to be orderly but it's not it's kind of a mess melanie i'd like to add pat said it very eloquently that um the the five stages of grief were developed by elizabeth kubler ross and the misconception was that her observations were with patients that were given a terminal illness so it was the stages that a person is going through as they come to terms with their terminal illness it's much different grieving when you have lost someone so it's a little bit of apples and oranges in terms of grieving process and as pat said there's the more contemporary it's you know that was 50 years ago uh, so there's been a lot of research and uh, and better understanding of the grieving process and one theory is around the tasks of grieving and uh, kind of coming t- to terms with your loss, um, adjusting to the world without your loved one, uh, and then finding a way of having kind of an enduring connection with them in the reality that they're physically no longer present, and then, uh, but yet maintaining and then starting to grow new emotional sustaining relationships. So that's kind of more of the contemporary idea about loss and grief. That's so interesting, Guy, that you pointed out that this was really for someone with a terminal illness. So it is a bit different, and certainly in this day. So in your experience, do you have a best way to come to terms once you have lost a loved one? Is there any differences? Of course, with kids, we have to help them get through that. But give us your best advice 
for coming to terms, whether you think that's support groups or local groups or books. How would you like us to come to those terms? I think it's going back to how we started um, our conversation in that, first of all, um, accepting that everybody grieves differently. There's no right way to do it. It's hard work and it is work. Using Pat's um, analogy of uh, you know mending a broken bone, you can kind of let it run its course and eventually it'll heal and but or you can get physical therapy and and help to um, move through the process faster and that's what I equate to grief work is about is being intentional about working through your grief um, and everybody's going to be different that may mean uh, for one person it's working in their wood shop or doing artistic work or um, others, it may mean um, who are more emotive and how and need to talk about their feelings and process through speaking and talking. They it could be talking to a therapist, a counselor, a group. Um, so again, it's kind of discovering what works for you. We have a bereavement department, and they offer bereavement support services. And sometimes just having a consultation with a bereavement coordinator and saying, hey, this is what's been going on for me. Is this normal? And having someone who's a professional kind of normalize and then develop a, uh, a physical therapy plan. How, you know, how are you going to uh, move forward and uh, work and be intentional about moving through your grief? And just to add to what Guy said, finding a support group or a counselor is extremely helpful whether it's through a hospice or a local faith community, a lot of times there are groups. Books can be a form of bibliotherapy where you maybe read a memoir or a, a book about a specific kind of grief um, that relates to you, and that can be very helpful. I think the, the benefit of a support group or a counselor or, or even reading a book is it validates what you're going through. And in the loneliness of grief where you feel like maybe you're the only one in the world that's feeling this, that's really beneficial and important that you are validated with what you're going through. Such important information from both of you. So Guy, I'd like to start with you. First, last word, what advice would you give someone today who's coping with loss? Don't do it alone. Seek out uh, someone that that can, if nothing else, just be present with you. Try to uh, educate yourself about the grieving process. As we've mentioned, there's a lot of kind of misinformation about what it's supposed to be and what it's supposed to look like. Grief is not depression, um, although it gets oftentimes uh, misconstrued as being I'm depressed when in fact someone is legitimately grieving. Be gentle on yourself. Um, you know, it's it's hard, it's difficult, it's hard work, and it won't resolve overnight, giving yourself the time. And Pat, last word to you. What would you like the listeners to take away from this about grief counseling available at Evergreen Health and and how best to grieve a loved one and know that life does go on and that that's how they would want it? I think just to remember that grief is a process. It's a healing process, even though it, it's so painful, it's hard to believe at first. It will take as long as it takes. Uh, go really easy on yourself. Focus on a lot of good self-care. Find others who are supportive, whether that's in a group or just, you know, supportive friends. Um, and feel your feelings. Don't use substance 
abuse to numb the pain. Try to feel the feelings and ask for what you need. That's often hard to do, but um, people really want to help, but they don't know how. So ask for what you need. And um, whether it's a support group at Evergreen or uh, individual grief counseling, there are resources out there in the community and you just need to find them and use them. And I think they'll really help someone go through this process and actually feel hope. I think that's really what it's all about. And so well said, Pat. Thank you both of you for joining us today. Really important information. What a great podcast. And that wraps up this episode of Checkup Chat with Evergreen Health. To learn about welcoming support groups near you and other helpful resources, head on over to our website at evergreenhealth.com grief. If you found this podcast informative, and I know that you did, please share on your social channels, share with friends and family that have lost loved ones. There was a lot of great information in this podcast, and it will help somebody else. You know that it will, so please share, and be sure not to miss all the other interesting podcasts in our library. Until next time, I'm Melanie Cole.